Good morning, everyone. We're so glad to have you here. Good morning, good morning. If you're able to grab your phone out and check in on Facebook, that'd be great. If you're on Facebook, go ahead and share that video. We'd love to have more people joining us this morning. Let's get ready to worship our King. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he was born of the Virgin Mary and became man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered, died, and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in fulfillment of the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshiped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. And we look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen.
Yeah. 
remember who God is, right? How many of y'all have a load in your life that, that Jesus needs to take from you? Anybody? Okay, let's raise our hands up. Lord Jesus, Lord, we just sang a song about you taking the load off our life. We believe that you do that. And whatever your yoke is this morning, and, and, and that burden in your life, I want you once again to give it to him. Cast your care upon him because he cares for you. There's no load too big. There's no burden too great. There's nothing that Jesus can't help you with and take upon himself and trade you back and give you peace and contentment and all the things that he gives. So give it over to him. We thank you, Jesus, for caring. We thank you for wanting to be involved in us in such a way, Lord, that we can give all of our, our things over to you that, that, that weigh us down and our, our burdens. We thank you, Jesus, that you do those things. So, so give it over to him in Jesus' name. And when you're done giving it over to him, just speak the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, hallelujah, in Jesus' name. You can't ever, can't ever get tired of speaking the name of Jesus, you know that? In Jesus' name, the name above every name, in Jesus' name, thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, now start to thank him for taking that from you for dealing with that load and, and helping you with that burden thing. and start to express thanksgiving for the work of Jesus in your life. We thank you, Lord, that you hear our prayers. We thank you, Lord, you answer our prayers. We thank you, Lord, you help us in our place of need. We thank you in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Now, how many of y'all believe that Jesus can do what he says he will do? Anybody? It'd be silly to, to sing a song and do that and really not believe it. You know what I'm saying? So here's what I know. We got, what's coming up? Holy water? And then we're going to close out with rattle. So here's what I know. Now, look, you just were in a place... Just right now, a lot of you were giving a burden over to Jesus, right? Maybe for the hundredth time. Maybe for the first time, whatever it is. An appropriate response to giving something over and knowing who he is, is then joy. Know that? Because you really believe he's going to do something, right? So we got a couple songs coming up that are kind of, you can kind of get into these songs if you want to, is what I'm saying. So why not? You know what I'm saying? So why not? Why, why not? Why don't we express some joy this morning and, and some praise before we get on with things because of what God can do in your life. Amen? You guys ready?
was like sweet, sweet honey on my lips. It's like the sound of the symphony to my ears. It's like holy water on my skin.
silent Surely it was through Since when has impossible Ever stopped to Friday's disappointment Sunday's empty too Since when has impossible Ever stopped to This is the sound of dry bones rattling. This is the praise make a dead man walk again. Open the grave, I'm coming out. I'm gonna live, gonna live again. This is the sound of dry bones rattling. fire stirring something new you're not gonna run out of miracles anytime soon yeah resurrection power runs in my veins too i believe there's another miracle here in this world and this is the sound of trouble
Father, for not wanting anyone to perish. Hallelujah. He wants an empty grave for all of us. We're so glad to have you guys here today. If you are new, we would love for you to grab one of these on that back table and just fill it out. It's a connect form and just give it to an usher. Go around this morning and greet some of your family of faith. Amen. All right. Well, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. This morning, live streamers, thanks for joining us. If you weren't able to make it here with us live, I'm glad you're watching us online. So wherever you're at, say hi and uh, prayer request this morning. We'd love to pray over those things with you. So go ahead and post them, and at the end of service, we'll check them out and join in faith with you over your prayer request this morning. So anyways, good to have you live streamers. Yeah, hi, everybody. Amen. These people love each other too much, I think. Just too much. Too much love in this place. I know, I know. It's hard, Bill. Hey, Bill, can, you want to pray over offering this morning for me? Why don't you stay up here? I'll, we'll take you up in just a second. Come on, come on up. Amen. Let's take up tithe and offering if you have something to give. I mean, how many know uh, giving is part of our worship? How many know that? Yes. I know we, we do our worship, and then we, we love on each other, and then we give, but it's all, all part of our worship. You know, you know, loving on each other is part of worship, because an expression of how you love God, then you love other people. So it all works together. So if, if you need to tithe an offering envelope, you didn't get one yet, wave your hand around. And by the way, let me just say this real quick. I'm going to have Bill pray over the offering this morning. Um, we appreciate your giving. Thank you so much. Turn to your neighbor and say, thank you for your giving. Let them know. And uh, uh, your giving is important to us. And your giving is always important to us, but especially right now in the season when your giving is important to us because of our transition in the building and all that costs money. So um, you're, you're investing 
not only what's happening as a church now, but you're investing in the future of our church and all these kind of things. So we thank you for your giving and, and your faithfulness. Amen. So, Bill, why don't you pray over tithe and offering for me this morning? All right, dear Heavenly Father, we want to reach out to you, dear Lord, and especially invite you here with us this morning and be in our hearts, Lord. And as we think about everything you've done for us with a generous heart, we want to give back to you, Lord. Amen. We want to give from our heart as well as our pocket. Lord. We remember what did you give us? You gave us eternal forgiveness of our sins mm -hmm. through the sacrifice of your son. You gave us your son, dear Lord. And now, Lord, we want to just keep you focused in our mind, focused in our heart throughout this week. Yes, Lord. And today we want to give back to you, Lord, what you first gave to us. And we remember, Lord, it's not whether we give how much or how little. It's what we give from our heart, and that's what matters. And, Lord, today we want to give back to you. Thank you for all the blessings you've given to us, each and every one of us. And we pray all this in the name of your most precious Son, our Lord, our Savior. Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ, who suffered much on the cross Amen. and death for our eternal salvation. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Bill. Bring it on down if you have something this morning. And uh, let me give you some announcements while that's happening. Um, this coming Wednesday night, everybody say this Wednesday. What's happening this Wednesday? We're having a worship night, yeah. So come on out, and uh, we're just going to spend the evening praising and worshiping Jesus, so it's going to be a good time. Uh, don't forget, if you're interested in becoming a member here at Only Believe at Urbana, uh, next steps is the last Sunday of this month, two weeks from today, I think, and it'll be after church for a little bit, so if you sign up, I'll talk to you more about it. So membership at Only Believe at Urbana is not just showing up here, but ultimately ends in participation, because we're a body, and the body parts do stuff to work together. Right? So we'll talk about those things. So uh, if you're interested in being a member, go ahead and sign up. There's a sign-up sheet at the back table, and I'll contact you about uh, what we're going to do on that day. Um, parents of, of teenagers and also kids, there's a couple papers at the back table for you. Pick them up. Check them out. If you have questions, let me know. And youth, 5th to 12th grade, we got to hang out after church on March the 21st. Uh, Pastor Tim uh, from uh, the Botkins campus, he's going to come over right after church and hang out with us. By the way, Pastor Tim, I was like, hey, come on over. He said, okay, I'll tell you what. You ask them, I'm going to take them out to eat. That sounds good. And then we're going to come back here, and, and he, he has, uh, wants to share with them and things like that. So he's buying us on the house. So... Come on. So we're, we're picking Texas Roadhouse or something. So we're making Pastor Tim pay. So anyhow, um, but we'll talk about more about that. It's March 21st right after church, and that'll be a good time. Um, when church is over and we get off live stream today, I'll, I'll give you the schedule of what's happening in the new building this week and, and all that. And now we're supposed to get, are we supposed to get a giant snowstorm tomorrow or something? Kind of throws a hink in our plans. But anyways, we'll talk about it right after church and the schedule. Uh, and and uh, yesterday, by the way, uh, this weekend was the marriage conference. I thought it was pretty good and uh, had a good time at it. So thank you for everybody that set up for it, that cleaned up after it. Then certainly all the people that were over at the new building yesterday. We got a lot of work done. Actually, I had a list, and we went beyond the list. So... Now you clap because in this morning I, I woke up and wrote another list. So it's just, it's just going to keep going. So, um, and I know some of you wanted to be there yesterday, couldn't make it. Trust me, plenty of opportunities 
coming down the road for that. So this week we're planning on being there in the evenings each night. We'll talk about more after church. Then on Saturday we'll be there. So lots of things happening. So good things. So again, thank you. By the way, during this process, I will not be able to express thank you enough. Okay, because uh, the time and the effort and your prayers and the giving that's coming in for this, we won't be able to say thank you enough. So if I don't say thank you enough, just know I'm saying thank you. Okay, and we'll say it as much as we can say it without getting on your nerves about it. So, uh, but thank you for all that you did yesterday, and we made some good, good progress. Anyways, having said that, let's get into the word this morning. So, if you have your Bibles, we're continuing um, our series on to forgive. And I think we may close this up today. We'll see. Uh, to forgive. We're going to go to Colossians chapter 3 and uh, verse number 12. It's kind of been the, the underlying scripture to where we've been over the last, I think, three Sundays. But remember, God heals the world through forgiveness. Amen. Amen. And how many of you are on the receiving end of the forgiveness of God? Well, certainly, yes. And, and we know that uh, as followers of Jesus... To take on his likeness and his character, then we must become people who forgive also. And that's not always easy. But when we get to the place where we are people of forgiveness, what happens is we stop the cycle of revenge. Because the world is bent on revenge and paybacks and, 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 and getting theirs, right? The world likes to win. You know that? And one of the ways we win is by just, just over, you know, when, when people do something wrong, I win because I, I do it back, but escalate, right? We're, we're bent on getting what is ours, but that's not the Christian way. Well, somebody says, well, isn't the Christian life victorious? Yes, through his way, but not the way of a fallen world. So, so one, one of the, the Beatitudes that really grabs my heart that I think about frequently is, uh, blessed are the meek. For they will what? They will inherit the earth. Now, now, here, now watch this. How does the world gain the earth? You can, you can study uh, the history of, of, of civilization. And maybe you did in high school. Maybe you had a history course on civilization. You can follow the course of history through, through the bloodlines of war. You know that? How, how are nations... You know, the, the borders, it was all done by war and killing people, right? So we think, humans think, I have to be aggressive in a certain way to gain something in the world. I got to win the rat race. I, you know, all these different things I have to win. I, and Jesus comes and said, oh, no, 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 no. If you want to eventually inherit the earth, be meek. And that just kind of throws things upside down because what does it mean to be meek? Well, gentle and kind. And, and I, I've heard a lot. I've heard some messages preached that they take that word and meek and they sort of change it because that's just hard to think that if you're meek, you'll, you'll inherit the earth. You gain something here and it's certainly in eternity when you're meek, not when you're aggressive and try to win everything. But that, that's the opposite mindset. You see, you, see what, you see what I'm getting at? That's the Jesus way. How did Jesus come to a place of forgiving your sins? He allowed himself to be killed. You think about it. It just flips the whole thing upside. Instead of Jesus established the kingdom of God, he established a kingdom. By not killing everybody to establish the borders, but by dying. 
It's total opposite. So you think the Jesus way is not the way the world thinks, right? So when it comes to forgiveness, it's not the way the world thinks because we want to pay back. We, we want to we win this situation. And you can only win when you had the last word. You can only win when you one up them and feel like you won, right? So forgiveness is against the way the world works. So Colossians chapter 3 and verse number 12. Put on then as God's chosen one. So how many of y'all consider yourself a chosen one of God? Anybody? Okay, so we've got to put something on. So in other words, this is not your, your normal human nature. This is something that's got to change about you. I'm thankful this morning y'all put on clothes before you came. Thanks, Jesus, right? But you purposely thought, hopefully you thought about what you were going to put on, right? And, and, and you made sure it was ironed or whatever. But you, you thoughtfully put something on this morning before you came, right? So we're supposed to thoughtfully interact with the Holy Spirit in such a way that these things are part of our life in the way we are. So as chosen ones... Holy and beloved. So there, there is a, uh, an assumption by Paul in writing this. As God's chosen ones, he, he uh, is saying that you're holy. That's an assumption. Now, we, the righteousness of God we, is given to us in our salvation, right? A new creation. But a holiness is the way we live. We're, we're actually going to get into holiness pretty soon and what that means. But he, he assumes that as chosen ones of God that follow God, that we're holy. In other words, there's a certain way that we live in response to the grace of God, right? So holy and beloved. Now watch this. Here's the stuff you put on. Compassionate hearts. Kindness. And this, this sort of runs current with the fruit of the Spirit as, as we find in Galatians 5. Kindness. Humility, meekness, and patience. Now, if, if you are putting these kind of things on in your life, in other words, you are maturing in your faith. How many know that, that it's great to be saved, but we need to be mature in our faith? Amen. We're not called to stay where we're at, but allow ourselves to be taken somewhere. We're supposed to get off the spiritual milk and get into spiritual meat, right? And you will find if you are maturing in your faith, these kind of things will start showing up in your life. Compassionate heart that maybe wasn't there before. Kindness that maybe wasn't there before, right? Patience. That's my big thing. Patience. Man, work, work on me, Jesus. Patience. Maturity shows when we become these things. But if you're maturing in these kind of things, and watch what can happen. Verse 13. Bearing with one another... And if one has a complaint against another, or, or if they feel they've been sinned against, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Wow. So maturity starts to see this thing where, in the same way that Jesus forgives me, as I'm maturing into becoming like him, then I will begin to forgive others in the same way. So if I have a complaint against you, or I feel that you have sinned against me, maturity says that I will forgive you, right? Immaturity says I'm going to hold it over you, I'm going to hold a grudge, I'm going to become bitter, I'm going to hold back forgiveness. 
Maturity pushes us into a place where we want to begin to treat other people in the same way that we are treated by God. So watch what can happen. So if we're in a place of forgiving others as the Lord has forgiven us, it can happen because above all these things put on what? Love. Love will bind everything together in perfect harmony. So why are we supposed to grow in loving our neighbors as ourselves? Well, one, one result of that is when you love your neighbor as yourself. Now, how many of y'all like to be forgiven? If you love your neighbor, in other words, the golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. By the way, there's a very powerful thing that Jesus says after he says that in the Sermon on the Mount. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you, for this sums up the law and the prophets. That's a huge statement. You can dovetail the law and the prophets into saying, treat other people in the same way you want to be treated. So if you love your neighbor as yourself, right, you want to be forgiven. So because you love them, then you will forgive because, well, that's what I need. And I want that. How many of y'all have ever done something? You just, man, I hope they forgive me. Oh, yeah, raise your hand, you know, four or five in, in all your toes, too. I mean, my goodness, we, we do things and we want forgiveness. Then we should be that way towards other people. So putting on love, that, that brings, I love that, binding everything together in perfect harmony. We should be in unity. Amen. Right? The only way unity happens is because we are people of love. Because we're people, we make mistakes. Love can help cover a multitude of what? Sins. Sins. And because we love other people, love brings unity because love enables us to forgive. And forgiveness keeps us in unity. Uh, Unforgiveness fractures and tears apart, right? And, And watch what can happen then. And let the peace of of Christ rule your hearts, to which you were indeed called in one body, and be thankful. The peace of Christ rule your hearts. You will never have true peace in your heart until you're in a place of forgiveness towards other people. How many know exactly what I'm talking about? There will always be unsettledness in here when you're holding things. And see, notice it said the peace that we're a body together. We can't have peace in a body together where there's unforgiveness. And, and, and then, again, there's fracture and there's division, all these different things. So we're going to go to Matthew chapter 18. But we've got to learn to put these things on because, again, this is maturity. The way we should view uh, interactions in life, certainly within the church, but also it should bleed outside the church because part of the way that we're a light of the world is to be like Jesus. Right? If we're going to be in on what God's up to, how many of y'all want to be in on what God's up to? Do you know, we we talk about the word blessing, and often we think of blessing as God giving me stuff. The basic root of what blessing is is to be in on what God is up to. Do you know that? If you want to be blessed by God, get in on what he's up to. Right? If if you want to be in on what God is up to, and if God heals the world through forgiveness, then what do we have to do? We have to be people of forgiveness. It's part of the way that we're a light in the world, right? So Matthew chapter 18, we're going to to jump into um, some things that Jesus said about forgiveness. 
Matthew chapter 18 and verse number 15. This is dealing with things in the church. If your brother sins against you, Matthew 18, 15, go and tell him his fault. Now watch this next line. Between you and him alone. That's an important ending of that sentence right there. So what we often do is your brother sins against you. I'm going to tell everybody and my mom about it. Because i got to get people on my side and make sure everybody knows my story. Right? Uh, here's the thing. When your brother or sister sins against you, scripturally, you are to go to them and talk about it. Am I right? Yes. Now, here's what I know, because I've been around the church a long time. Sometimes when your brother sins against you, maybe they really didn't sin, but that's your perception. So even in that case, the best thing to do is what? Go talk to them about it. So here's why I know. When, when I, uh, as, as a pastor in a church, sometimes I'll have somebody come and say, you know, this happened, and this person, I say, have you talked to him about it? Not yet. Ah. So you don't need to tell me anything here. Go talk to him. Well, how do you know it's going to work out? Are you a Christian? Yes. Do you have Jesus? Yes. Are they a Christian? Yep. Do they have Jesus? Yep. I'm pretty confident. If you're both mature, you're going to get through this. Because when Jesus is involved, the right stuff will happen. Right? Amen. So when, when, when somebody sins against you, don't go tell a bunch of people about it. As we said last week, don't get all passive aggressive on social media, Facebook, you know, your Instagram, posting these, what do they call them, memes or whatever with all these. Yeah, don't do that stuff. Because the moment you're upset in a way that you go do that stuff, now you found yourself in sin because you're gossiping and doing all this stuff instead of doing what the Bible says. Go talk to them. Well, if they won't talk to me, forgive them. You think God's big enough to do what God needs to do? Yep. That means you don't need to do anymore. They won't talk to me. Now I got to go tell everybody about it just to make sure when they go say stuff, they heard my story too. Nope, God's a big God. Right? He don't need the step stool to get up to the water fountain. He will take care of what he's take care of. Correct. But what happens is, so, so if you go and you do what's right, but if he does not listen, verse 16, take one or two others along with you, that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. So, so scripturally you're allowed to say, okay, I'm going to bring somebody that's wise and mature, not somebody who's on my side. Somebody who's wise and mature to have the conversation again. Okay, what if that doesn't work out? Well, well you have another uh, avenue here. If he refuses to listen then, tell it to the church. And that, in other words, you don't come up here and say, hey, I have something I want to tell everybody. Margot is just a mean person. And she was nasty to me. And I tried to talk to her about it, but she, she punched me in the face. I don't know, whatever it is. That's like, tell it to the church. That means you come to the leadership of the church because the church matter. And, and arbitrarily, the guy, me, don't have sides. I come and help you work it out. Right? That's the way it should work. So, um, and if he refuses to listen to even the church, let him be to you as a Gentile or a tax collector. In other words, it has to be truly a simple situation. 
then at that point, you just, okay. But you have to forgive, right? And you begin to move on. Now watch this. Notice, notice verses 18 to 20 that we're about to read. Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. How many of y'all have ever heard somebody preach on that in regards to prayer? Amen. Do you notice how it's connected to unity in the church? This is not a standalone birth. It's directly connected to the context is that when we are in unity and learn to come together and get over our issues, then whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. What we loose on earth will be loose. Wow, that's powerful. There's something to being unified, right? Now watch this. And I... Okay, and let's see. Ver, oh, and 18. And again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth, well, how do you have to agree? Sometimes you have to forgive and get over things, but we agree, right? And if we agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done by my Father in heaven. For two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. So God is among us when we're gathered together when we are in unity. And we're not allowing sin to divide and issues to divide and complaints to divide. Right? And by the way, if you're one of those that's on the receiving end of somebody going, you just go, oh, have you talked to the person? Nope. That's what you need to do. Because the moment you receive it, then you're receiving slander, gossip. And maturity says, listen, I can't, listen, I love you. I sympathize with you. But scripturally, because I'm a Christian, what you need to do is go talk to that person. And then you stop hearing it. Because what you're doing is you're taking them to Scripture and holding them to what the Bible says. Am I right? Yes. That's the way we handle it. Now, what happens is there's always somebody that says, wait a second. I, 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 I need to ask some questions because we need to start justifying this. Now, now, remember last week we talked about turning the other cheek? You know, th that is an example. That is one of the this passages of Scripture that I've had a lot of conversations with people about over the years. Because this whole thing of, wham, I'm supposed to, what about this situation? And all of a sudden, all these hypotheticals start getting thrown out. What about this? And what about that? And I really have to, when you get to a place where you, you look at a passage and go, whew, and, and, and the hypotheticals start coming, I encourage you to take that and wrestle with God with it. I'm, I think it's very good when you take your hypothetical and what Scripture says, and then you take it to God and wrestle with God about it, because you're, you're with Him. And through time with Him, he'll bring, he'll bring you to a place of what He wants you to see in that situation, right? So and there's another example in Scripture when uh, Jesus was talking about loving your neighbor. Remember, said, well, well, who is my neighbor? Remember that one? And they wanted to justify because they knew they should love their neighbor, but they didn't want to count everybody as their neighbor. They wanted to justify who they really had to love. So Jesus told the parable of the what? Good Samaritan. Right? So here we have Peter. All right, let's keep reading here. Chapter 18, verse number 21. So here comes Peter. Then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? So he's asking, how many times do I have to do this? 
And he says, as many as seven times. Now, uh, there's been some, some uh, things out there that, that the times the rabbis would say, you can forgive three times, but when it hits the fourth, it's over. So Peter may have, have known that, so maybe he thinks he's being like extra. I'm doubling the rabbis seven times. Do we only have to forgive seven times and forget about it? But watch what Jesus says. Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but 77 times. So if you multiply that, or 70, how much is that? So are you supposed to keep a chalkboard in your house? And I got Margo here, and Josh here, and Macy here, and Jenny here, and everybody in my church. And every time they sin against me, I'll forgive you this time. <laughs> but when I finally get, you've hit 491 times. It's over, buddy. End of the show. No more forgiveness for you. Right? Now, Jesus is just saying, there's just, just no end to this. He wasn't literally putting a number on it. There's no end. No, no, as Jesus does. He tells a parable, verse 23. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, verse 24, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. Now, in our economy, that's millions of dollars. I think Jimmy Evans actually touched on this verse yesterday in the, in the marriage conference thing. Up, up to around $10 million. So this guy owed... Millions of dollars, right? And uh, in verse 25, and since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and his children and all that he had and a payment be made, which was, which was uh, allowable in that time period. So if you owed money to somebody and could not pay him back, they had the legal right to sell you and your family in such a way uh, that in the earnings of slavery until you were paid back, and then they were free. My goodness, imagine the credit card people calling you now. <laughs> Some of y'all will be in jail for a long time, I'm telling you. So, um, uh, verse 26, so the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. Isn't that the way God is? Isn't that the kingdom of God? That, that, that millions of dollars were insurmountable to that man. And however it was he incurred the debt, it was insurmountable. How many know that our debt is insurmountable? You cannot pay back the righteousness and justice of God. But yet when we come implore him, forgive me of my sins, he is the gracious God who forgives us and sets us free. And then we don't owe him anything. Because you can't pay it anyhow. That's what God does for us. But then, then watch this. Verse 28. But when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. So he owed millions, and this guy owed him about a thousand bucks. Right? And uh, let's see, where am I at? And seizing him... He began to choke him, paying, saying, pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me, and I will pay you. And he refused, and he went out and, and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. And when his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed. 
and they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then the master summoned him and said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all the, that debt because you pleaded with me. And should you not have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? That's what the kingdom of God is like. Remember, Jesus started this. And the kingdom of heaven is like that we, we are in such a place of walking in forgiveness with God so much. How many of y'all in the last 24 hours asked for forgiveness? Anybody? Okay, yeah. And it's like every day, you know. I, there, there's days I don't even think I did anything, that, but I still say, Lord Jesus, forgive me. I just, I just say it. I'm just like, Psh. you know, I'm just going to live in that, right? But yet, we're, we are forgiven an insurmountable debt. But when somebody is in front of us that has a debt that they could eventually get back to us, we hold it against them and won't forgive them. Again, this is not the way the kingdom of God should work. The kingdom of God is like, as you have been forgiven, so you then in turn forgive other people. Amen. For in the same way that, that Christ has forgiven you, you so then forgive others. That's maturity. This is a place we grow to. It is something we become, right? So watch, watch, what, uh, watch what happens here. We'll finish this out. And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. Now he's got his debt back on him. So also my heavenly father will do to you, every one of you, if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. Right. Oh, put it all together. Somebody in a church sins against you or you feel they did. You go to them. Why do you go to them? To bring unity and peace back to the situation. Whether or not unity and peace happens in a situation, you should still forgive. Amen. Whether or not restoration happens has no bearing on whether or not forgiveness should be. You forgive whether or not there's restoration. Right? right? So the church always has a place of, of life in front of it because we're always offering forgiveness. So in other words, uh, and I've seen it in the history of the church, that it, there have been times I know that people uh, in the past have left a church because of an issue in the church that probably could have been worked out if they could have just sat down and, and, and been mature about it, allowing Jesus to be Jesus, right? But what happens is even in that situation where there's forgiveness, the door is always open for reconciliation. The door never closes. Right? Because God can restore anything. Amen? So your place, no matter what your part in the, in the thing is, you're going to forgive. I'm going to forgive. I'm going to forgive. I'm going I'm to allow life to be in front of us all the time. How many times? As many times as it takes. We're the same person, time, and then I keep hearing they're saying this, and they're saying that, and they're doing this. Just forgive. Here, here's, something, here's something that I learned a long time ago. I learned that I don't have to be right to everybody. Therefore, I don't try. I don't feel I have to argue my point to everybody. I don't feel I, like I have to correct everybody. As if I know it all anyways. You see what I'm saying? 
I believe that if I try to bring reconcil reconciliation to a situation that doesn't happen, I'm going to forgive and let God be God. And I trust that if something needs to happen, God will be God. If it doesn't, then it's, it's okay anyways. Right? I don't feel I have to go after and, and, and try to make it right and try to argue and tell everybody else about it. Just make sure they know I'm right. I don't, I don't need to be right. I just know that I'm trying to live humbly before God. And I know I make mistakes, and I hope God has forgiveness on me that I want to give to other people. Right? So we've got to live life in humility of our own standing that allows us then to be a person that, that again, you, your, your opinion of yourself isn't more highly than it ought to be. Right? Which means you just don't always have to try to win. Because that's just the way the world works. You forgive, and, and always in time, truth bears itself out. Always in time. So don't worry about making it happen. Always in time. Truth, and, and you just better hope the truth isn't on you. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> maybe you were the one who was wrong after all. Right? Always in time, truth bears itself. Don't worry about it. Then live in peace. That you did what you felt you were supposed to do scripturally. Then God honors that kind of stuff. Right? So, Matthew... Uh, chapter 5, verse number 7. You throw that up there, please, Justice. Matthew 5, 7. Thank you, sir. There we go. Beatitude, Sermon on the Mount. Blessed to the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. When you... Well, where does the, the, all the things that you need for your life come? It comes because of the mercy of God. You are blessed because you're in on what God's up to when you're merciful. Because a result of being merciful is you will be shown mercy. Amen. In the way this world works, nope. In the kingdom of God, yes. You may not get it out there, but you'll get it with him. Amen. And that's the most important place. Yes. Amen. So let's forgive. Let, 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 let God bring healing to your life in the places that you need to be healed. Okay? I had a guy, I'll close this. I had a guy that the church, um, the church that I was youth pastor at first, it was uh, Foursquare, uh, Crossroads Foursquare Church in Carlisle, Pennsylvania. And, and when I first was called to ministry, uh, the guy that took me in as William started mentoring me, he planted a church. So he was at the church that I, that I was at as a teenager, and I got saved. And then he, he turned that leadership over. He went, and he hired me as his youth pastor, right? So I'm, I'm fresh out of college, and my first youth pastor gig, I had five kids, and I wasn't even paid, right? So, but I, I was all about it, right? And about a year and a half into it, he left and brought a guy in uh, that just in all honesty was overwhelmed with the situation. And then a church split happened. And, and, and half the church left. It was just a massive mess. And the guy was just so overwhelmed, he didn't realize, you know, how he was treating people, which turned abusive. And I'll forget one day, he called me in his office, 
And, and he, he said, sit down, I want to talk to you about something. Okay, I sit down. He said, I'm going to tell you everything I don't like about you. I was like, oh, okay. He goes, number one. And, he, and when he got the number three, he said, why aren't you writing this down? I said, oh, I don't have anything. Hold on. I went back to my office and got a pad of paper, and he started over. Number one. And he got the number 10, and he said, that's all I'm going to tell you today. I mean, just I was just like, my goodness. Now, I'll be honest with you. Some things on the list were probably legit. All right, I'll be honest with you. But it was just like, holy cow, it was just this course of, of just constant, you know, a couple times just yelling in, in front of people about, they used to have live plants in the sanctuary. And I was in charge of watering the plants, and I forgot. Oh, no, I overwatered one of them because it was some special plant that didn't get. And I got yelled at in front of the entire congregation about it. And it's just things like this. And, and I was just like, you know, my heart, I'm, I'm all 20, 23 or 4 years old. I'm just like, oh, you know, because I'm not mature, you know. And, and I wasn't even, at this time, we were, we were newlyweds. I wasn't even telling Margaret about it. I'm just like, this would just send her over the edge. So I'm just like keeping this to myself. And it got to this place where I'm out of here, done. See you later, Captain. You know, I'm jumping ship, right? And, and I was ready to walk in and tell him I'm leaving and tell him what I thought about him. And the Holy Spirit said, nope, you're not allowed to leave yet. And I went, oh. And, and he started to teach me about forgiveness. Because what I started to see was, this guy is so overwhelmed, he's not sure what to do because there's a church split and all this different stuff. So his response to me is not right, but it's coming from something. I, I can start to see with different eyes. You see, you see what I'm getting at? Even at that young age, I started to understand something about forgiveness. But by the time we did leave, and, and our next stop was we ended up in, in Botkins, was I was just really okay with the situation, honestly. Now, I did tell Pastor Dosick, I said, now, I told him a story, so I, I just tell you, if this happens here, I'm done with ministry forever. I quit. I'll, I'll go sell cars. I'll work. I don't care. I'll work at Walmart. I won't do this. This is what church is about. And he said, he said I promise you it's not going to be that way. I said, thank you. But even in that place, it's just, just, just releasing of, of just, you know what? It's okay. I don't have to be right to him. I don't have to correct it. It didn't need to be corrected because there's other things happening. You see what I'm saying? And just to be able to sit there in, in, uh, uh, in peace about my past and all of a sudden to go, you know, all the great things that happened during that time of my life. The, the, my, my first son was born. Uh, the, the youth group went from five kids to, to 40 kids, and the church was 100 people. We were half the size of the church, and all this, all this great stuff was happening. You can... Focus, again, you hear me say this a lot, you can focus on the mess so much that you miss the miracles that God is doing. And sometimes unforgiveness keeps you in the mess and you miss the miracles. You know what I'm saying? Well, this guy, his name was Daryl. Uh, he passed away in the last two or three years of cancer, right? And um, when he died, I wasn't like Victor, you know, woohoo, he finally got hit. It wasn't like that. It was, I was sad. Sad in my heart, right? Because of forgiveness. So that's, that, and to be honest with you, that's kind of minor. 
Some of you have been through a lot worse than that. That's just sort of minor, but that's just one thing that sticks out in my mind where when it happened, I just wanted to crawl across the table and knock the guy out. That was just my response. I'm just like, you know? But allowing forgiveness to guide your life will set you free. Because I could have held that stuff. It could have it affected my mentality about myself, right? It could have set me on a course of just being angry. It could have made me quit ministry. It could have did a lot of different things. If, if I didn't allow, and I couldn't, I couldn't do it myself, but the Holy Spirit to do what only he can do allowed me to be in a place where I look back and go, okay, it happened. It's all right. I learned some things. I learned some things not to do. I will never do those things, right? I learned some things about myself that I, that I was able to look at and say, you know what? Number two, that is actually, you know, I do need to work on that. You see what I'm saying? You can look back at your past and, and things are different, right? That's just one little story. So I would encourage you, you start cleaning stuff out. And it starts again with this mechanical, maybe no feelings involved. Lord, I forgive that person. I forgive that situation. And then you feel up tomorrow, do it again. I forgive that person. <laughs> and if it many days as it takes till you need stop saying it, then the Holy Spirit can start just to work and, and bring healing. And I bumped into him, I don't know, a few years uh, after we left. We, ran into, we went back to visit my parents and, and her parents, and I ran into him at the mall when the mall was still a place to go to. And I ran into him at the mall. This was before Amazon. I know, shocking. But anyways, we were at the mall shopping, and I ran into him, and we just had a great conversation. Great to see each other, hugs all around. If I was still bitter, I just saw him, and I'm headed the other way. I don't want nothing to do with this guy. But beelined and had a great conversation. So this is what reconciliation can be. If you let the Holy Spirit do what only he can do. Amen? All right, let's pray. Lord, I thank you. I thank you that we can forgive. I thank you, Lord, that you're always putting life in front of us. I thank you for the forgiveness in our life. But I pray that we grow to a place that we can be people of forgiveness because of the life not only put in front of us, but for those that we're in contention with. I thank you, Father, Lord, that your way is higher than ours and your way is certainly better than ours. And I pray that, that we understand that to such a way that we work with the Holy Spirit on ourselves to become what you intend us to be. I pray no bitterness, no grudges, no, no long-standing unhealed scars. I pray, Lord, you bring healing to all parts of our life because only you can and we believe you can in Jesus' name. Everybody says, Amen. 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 Yeah. Okay. This is a little bit on the fly, but you guys don't mind. Pastor Kyle didn't know about this. So, Miss Christine has worked really hard with our children back there, and we want to bring them up here and kind of just give you a visual. So, we all know about the importance of the armor of God, right? If you oh, so we're catching what the kids are learning today? Yes, we're oh. talking about what the kids learn today. Oh, good. Good. really know what your kids are doing back there. So today we're talking about the armor of God. So I'm just going to read you a little scripture um, to kind of get, get us going here. But, you know, first, like Pastor the word of God is medicine for our soul, mm. right? And our souls are what really need help, right? Our mind, our will, our emotions. Um, and the word of God has the power to save our souls and to change our minds, our will, and our emotions. And it's an everyday thing. You know, it's 
you get saved once, but then you're in the process forever, right? Um, so as you can, you're going to see <laughs> that you, it's up to you to get yourself dressed in your armor every day. You know, sometimes we have on our helmet, sometimes we don't. Sometimes we have our sword, but we don't have our shield. And you need all of the parts to stand firm. So I'm going to read you a scripture here out of Ephesians 6, 10. Um, and then we'll bring the kids out. So, a final word. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Right? Amen. We serve a mighty God. He's not a little itty-bitty guy. You know, mm -hmm. he's a big old guy. Put on, this is out of the NLT, so mm -hmm. sorry if, you don't, if you're not familiar with this, but put on God, all of God's armor. All of God's armor. Amen. So you will be able to stand firm against the strategies of the devil. Mm -hmm. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, mm -hmm. against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly realms. So we, we're not fighting against each other, right? Mm -hmm. We're fighting against the enemy who is always, always whispering in our ears. Mm -hmm. And that is where the battle begins, the battlefield of the mind. So therefore, friends... Put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. We are living in the time of evil right now, today, mm -hmm. you know, tomorrow, yesterday. So as God's people, we need to join him in the fight. He is with us. He is right here with us. But we need to partner with him. We need to put on all of the armor. And then after you do that, you will be able to stand firm. Stand your ground, mm -hmm. putting on the belt of truth and the body of God's armor, your shoes of peace that comes from the good news of the gospel. In addition to these, hold up your shield of faith to stop the arrows of the devil. Put on your helmet of salvation and take up your sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Amen. Amen. Oh, okay, here we go. Here we go. Oh, come on out. Oh, wait, wait. Pull your face guard down. All right, here we go. Come on up. Oh, boy. Oh, oh, wow. They got swords. Look out. <laughs> Come on, Wiley. Oh, we got a couple more. Here we go. Let's give him a hand for coming out this morning. Thanks, guys. Come on. Oh, we got little ones yet. Come on, little one. Good job, guys. Are you ready for battle? Yo, oh, man. Get your sword up. Good job. Come on, guys. Parents, I want you to know it was Christine who gave him the sword. Just so you know that. All right. It's just fat. It's just <laughs> I love it. Good job. But how can we do battle without the sword, right? Amen. You protect yourself, but you can't fight back. And so that's why it's so important that we have the word of God in our lives. So when we hear those negative thoughts, we have something to fight back. Good job. Good job. Amen. All right. Well, thank you. Teachers do such a good job. And let me just uh, use this for a commercial real quick. We are looking for one more teacher for our kids' uh, team. So if you're interested in helping us out, let us know.
But good job. Are you guys learning stuff in kids' church? Yeah, all right, good. Well, thanks, everybody.